If you were a celebrity in the 70s and 80s and you were not on the love boat, something had to be wrong with you. you, yeah. you who you, were you? Who yeah. were you even? Right. Like, did you Wait, question? Were you, were you a celebrity? Yeah. Well, right. Mm-hmm. Like, did you question your existence? Because everybody and anybody <laughs> seemed to be on there. Hello, world, is a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. A whole lot of love is what we'll be bringing. We'll make you happy. Welcome to the Pop Culture Preservation Society, the podcast for people born in the big wheel generation who dreamed of vacations in Acapulco, Puerto Vallarta, and sometimes even Cabo San Lucas. We believe our Gen X childhoods gave us unforgettable songs, stories, characters, and images. And if we don't talk about them, they'll disappear, like Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition. And today, we'll be saving the show that cruised into our hearts every Saturday night from 1977 to 1986, The Love Boat. I'm Carolyn. I'm Kristen. And I'm Michelle. And we are your pop culture preservationists. Hello. But first, thank you so much for your messages, reviews, and for chipping in on Patreon. This is an independently produced show, written, researched, produced, edited, distributed, and promoted by us, Kristen, Carolyn, and Michelle, and paid for out of our own pockets, because it's so important to us. But you can help us pay the bills by clicking the Patreon link on our website, poppreservationists.com, or by going to our link in bio on Instagram and finding the Patreon link in our link tree. It's one of the best ways for you to tell us that you like what you hear, so we can keep on trucking. Thank you, and enjoy the show. You guys, (laughs) have you decided to do any kind of a vision board since it's a new year? That's a good idea. When the when the new year comes, I don't do resolutions. I do vision boards. Sometimes it's not a vision board. Sometimes, and when I say vision board, sometimes it's completely and utterly verbal. It's a blank sheet mm-hmm. of paper covered with words. But mm-hmm. that is my version of a vision board of what literally I envision for the coming year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you go big. I go big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Why I've not? gone big. I have. I have. I have a little list I made. Um, Right after the new year. And most of it is uh, PCPS related. Shocking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you know, I have some, some good ones down. I mean, I have a, I have a number of society members I'd like to hit, um, which would be really fun to grow our society. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think also thanks to all of the listeners who share, um, our podcast and our society and who leave ratings and reviews. Um, I'm really hopeful that one day this year, um, that, that, um, it's all going to eventually reach the ears of Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Um, <laughs> you know, and I really think all the sharing and the reviews and the ratings are going to make that happen. What do you, I mean, it's, well, it, it is. Can happen. I mean, let's face it. It's yeah. a numerical game. This is about numbers. And because we live in the social media era, the more numbers you have, the more likely you are to be shared, right? This is, right. This is a math problem. Mm-hmm. And so when people do share us, it's really exciting because what that means is that we're reaching more people who like what we're saying. I know. Right. They enjoy what and we're saying in the same way that we do. And you guys, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, I think would really enjoy the PCPS. Because I think it would also make a really good sitcom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh gosh! (laughs) And we will we will be well, and we'll be you know we'll be the the consultants on it. 
I don't want to be oh, in it. I, I just want to you... be the consultants. We'll have yeah. our own director's chairs, but we'll be True. we'll be consulted. Like, is this is this mm-hmm. the correct Fisher Price play family set right. that we should put in this um, person's? Oh, you know, you're bookshelf. the Fisher Price consultant. Okay, thank you. Well, I want to be I'll the put that on my vision board. I'm adding that to my vision board right now. Can we be be the showrunners where we kind of have a little more say? I mean, I want to know who's going to play me. You know, I want to have a little say in kind of the casting and all of that. So um, I want to be a little more than a consultant. There was a time when I can tell you who's going to play me because there was a job that I once had in which we had to have a little biography and we would share this, our biography with these people that were our students. And so I, God, I cannot believe I'm, I'm revealing this now. I can't wait. And so I, t- I told them that, um, like Charlene Tilton was a stand in for me or something. No, I was a stand in for Charlene Tilton. It was just a completely bogus biography that I made up. Yeah, I'm her oh, standing. Oh, I could. Okay, mm-hmm. that's going to come back in this episode. Oh, about the love boat. Oh, my God. I have a I have a fact about that that's going to come back. I um, do too. So that is weird no. that you just said it. It is very weird. I hadn't thought about Charlene. Um, she's okay, gonna see I think this, Tina Fey. I think <laughs> Tina. I'm going to have Tina Fey play me, and then okay. Amy Poehler is going to play one of. I mean, Amy Poehler is going to play Carolyn. I think, okay. and then Charlene Tilton can play you. <laughs> Actually, you know who All can right. play you, but she has brown hair. Is Catherine Hahn because she is so hilarious oh, and she's her. friends with she's them. So good. But I think she'll I play love Kristen. Her. Mm-hmm. Let's I do that. Her, I have a long list of people who um, people tell me that I look like, and one of them is Hillary Clinton. So Hillary oh. Clinton could also play no, me in the show. No, no. <laughs> she's not Gen X. <laughs> no, that's true. Okay, she's the wrong era. Charlene Tilton will do. Okay. Or well, I think Charlene I Tilton. I do too, and I think Charlene Tilton actually is too old. She's she not going to be. Boomer. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we have boomers that listen to us too, but they're we like absolutely do boomers yeah. on the cusp, and boomers are yeah. welcome. Mm-hmm. We welcome all. All are welcome here at the PCPS. Um, did you want to share some? Did you have special guests on your on your vision I, board? I do. I have some special guests on my vision board. Um, I have three special guests. Well, three, possibly four special guests on my okay. vision board. Because I thought, you know, I could have put 10, but I thought, you know, let's keep it manageable. So I have Brooke Shields. Mm-hmm, um, I have one. Sean Cassidy because mm-hmm. he is our OG, you know. Yeah, and he's then the inspiration. I have a he's McNichol. The inspiration. Mm-hmm. Any McNichol will do. A McNichol. Yes, a McNichol yeah. would, will do. Yeah. So Jimmy or Christy, we are calling to you. Either both of you would be fantastic, but what about you guys? What about your vision boards? Well, I have to follow you, Michelle, because I put just one person on my list, and that one person is Sean Cassidy. Mm-hmm. And there's a really, and I'm very careful about that. I know you need to dream big, but I'm also very careful about putting things on my vision board that are their reaches. But I think, I think I can, I can dream about it safely. Um, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm not going to have Barack Obama on the podcast. That's probably not going to happen. But I think that we are making inroads um, to getting Sean Cassidy on the podcast. He knows who we are. He knows who we are. He saw yes. us at the concert. Yes. Well, he and responds he to us, us regularly yes. on Instagram. Well, he's like a personal friend of yours on Instagram, Kristen. He's going to see when you announce your book. We're getting closer and closer. Oh, so, oh, yes, this book that they, oh, <laughs> Carolyn just covered well, up her mouth. Lose. This book that Carolyn is talking about, you may have seen announced on Instagram already that I have a book coming out in the spring of 2023 called Worldwide Crush. It's a middle grade novel, which means that it's a book for kids. But I think that there's a real crossover audience with people our age And this is why. I'll tell you why. Because the book is about a seventh grade girl who has a crush on a pop star. And this entire story is inspired by my own crush 
on Sean Cassidy, my very first boyfriend, Sean Cassidy. So he was with me this entire time. I had to channel my younger self when I was writing this book. So he's aware of me writing this book. He's aware of how I've been trying to get it published. And now I do have a book deal. And so that's super exciting. And I just feel like when it's time to talk about my book on this podcast, we need to talk about to directly to oh. the inspiration of the book. Oh my Hello, gosh. Sean Cassidy. Okay, uh, Carolyn, your vision board. Um, well, gosh, I hate to kind of be a copycatter, but um, Christy McNichol is the top of my list. But yes, so I really, really want to talk to Christy about a lot of things. And she, so she's at the top of my list. I've just really re- rethought some things as we um, did our Christy McNichol episode, as we talked to Melissa Gilbert, just about being our age while they were famous, you know, that kind of a thing. Yes. So, yeah. So I would love to talk to Christy and actually I would take her above Jimmy um, at this point. So wow. uh, I'm going to get them. I'm saying what? it now. I'm looking right into the camera. Yeah. Well, we are going to have them on or at least Christy. Can I just real quick? Cause I know we need to get to love boat, but let me just say one thing, you guys about all this vision board stuff. It can happen because a year ago, we didn't have a vision board really, except for that we wanted this podcast to be listened to. And to really, our vision was just to inspire joy and connection between people. And I mean, we did that. But as far as could we talk to celebrities, that was even in in our realm of possibility. And yet, somehow just by talking about all this stuff and by sharing stuff on social media, we've talked to Ma and Laura. So like (laughs) Melissa Gilbert and Karen Grassley know who we are and we're friendly with them. So like vision boards, I'm a firm believer. So, you know, a year from now, what are we going to be wishing for girls? I don't know. I can only, I guess our first. uh, We'll be like Sean Cassidy, check, done that. Right. Christy McNichol, check, talk to her. Mm -hmm. Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, check. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not even going to Okay, we got to get. Sky's the limit. I know. It's exciting, though. It's very exciting. Oh, and I had one more I wanted to say, and this goes out to everybody listening. This is more, this isn't as personal. It is very personal to the three of us, but another thing I really want to do, and this is all going to be, you know, wear your masks, people, because I really, really want this year in 2022 to have a PCPS meetup somewhere. And it's probably going to be Midwestern, but, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. people can, in the Midwest, at least we can do the first one. And um, just to meet IRL a lot of the society members who are such great supporters and we feel like we're friends with. We honestly do. So I would love for things to get safe enough for us to be able to do that safely. Yes. To have like a group showing of little darlings or something. Oh Oh, my oh Kristen. Wouldn't that be don't even that'd be so fun. Then we have book club after and we talk about little darlings after the movie. I love it. I'm all over that. It'll happen. Okay. Mm -hmm. Good. All right. Should we get to love both? This is gonna be a fun one. Okay, Okay. let's wrap this up. Okay, let me get my cat out of my office. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And now we'll wrap it up. Love. Exciting and new. Come aboard. We're expecting you. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Did you, do you guys get a visceral reaction when you hear that song? I yes. get a little sad. I mean, like like laughing, crying. That's what I'm doing. It's the laughing, crying. Well, and just the song and hearing hearing the tune and the voice and then especially, even if you just hear it, I, I think this is a very visual thing because even if you're just mm-hmm. hearing it, you're picturing, we're picturing that anchor going up 
between yep. each crew member. We're picturing the little portholes with the guest stars. Um, I mean, it has to be, everybody has to feel that way. I feel like that was alive in the late seventies and early eighties. Don't you think? Oh, yeah. And the portholes were some of the big, that was the biggest part for me, the portholes, because waiting to see who was going to appear in the porthole, oh, yeah. that was like Christmas. I yes. love those portholes. That was the highlight of listening mm-hmm. to that tune. But I can tell you guys, whenever I hear just the beginning notes and Jack Jones' voice singing, I am immediately transported to the sunken family room of the Carpino family. The Carpino family, yes, the Carpinos. Mike, John, and Christopher were the three boys who lived next door to me, and I was their regular Saturday night date as their babysitter for most of the late 70s and early 80s. So Love Boat signified we were in that sunken family room. Yeah, that is like the beginning of the soundtrack to my Saturday night Um, for most of my, like I said, late 70s, early 80s years is first Mm-hmm. Um, Love Boat, and then Fantasy Island. Fantasy then Island. I'd probably get make sure they were all in bed, and then I'd be down there for Saturday Night Live. And then if the fam, if the parents were really late in coming home, I'd see the beginning of Don Kirshner's rock concert. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then I just had to walk home. Luckily, Mister walk home. Well, you walked next door. Home? It was just next, next door. door. Thank oh, goodness, because okay. yeah, because as we have talked about, um, Kristen, sometimes oh, you yeah. didn't really want the ride from the dad. Who has been, been out drinking? Partying. That was me. Yeah, and they'd come home at like two in the morning, oh, yeah. and the drunk yeah. dad is driving me home, smelling like booze and cigarettes. D- yeah, it's disgusting. The theme song, you guys. Let me just tell you, like, uh, okay, Carolyn just said, so iconic. It was written by Paul Williams and sung by Jack Jones. Jack Jones won Grammys in 1962 and 1964 for Lollipops and Roses and Wives and Lovers. Little oh trivia for you. Wow. Um, until so, it was sung by Jack Jones until season nine, the final season, when Dionne Warwick sang it and basically wrecked it. Oh, it's not. I no, I, I wasn't was, a big. I, was I didn't really watch it anymore. Well, I didn't really. Time. We'll talk about this later. I didn't really yeah. watch season nine. I'm I'm, un, I'm unfamiliar with it, but just the, doing research for this, I've been I've watched a few of the season nine or just parts of the season nines, and oh, I don't like the Dion Warwick, and I like Dion Warwick. Sorry, but don't get me wrong, people. Don't at me. Um, I do like <laughs> Dion Warwick songs. Yeah, let's talk about Paul. Paul okay. Williams was on the show. How many? That's right. Times? I know. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. He's yeah. on the show tons of times. Yeah. I love and he, guy. he also wrote The Rainbow Connection. I mean, he's, I yes. he's got a nice little And list. we've only just begun. <gasps> really? Right? The Carpenter's first hit. Oh. oh, God. That better be right. I'm pretty sure Paul Williams well, wrote that first hit. Hey, we have a disclaimer at the end. Yes. We That's think right. we're right, but Sometimes we don't. we're wrong. We, sometimes right. we're wrong. And the other thing that I didn't remember was that they didn't have portholes in season one. Right. I, when mm. I was watching something from season one, they did not have the portholes. No portholes. Oh, that's and I interesting. That's one reason I watched because of those damn portholes. Yeah. So let's get into the meat of the episode. I'm going to give you a, a, a couple of little um, facts in case anyone in our generation was deprived of the television or was living in a bunker. Um, here is just some basic info. So The Love Boat was actually based on a book titled Love Boats by Geraldine Saunders, who was the first female to become cruise director for Princess Cruises. Um, and it began as a TV movie, 
and aired on ABC for nine seasons from September 1977 to May 1986. That's like 245 episodes, you guys. I actually added them up on my calculator. That is amazing. I did some Mm -hmm. math. Wow. Um, And it was part of the super popular Saturday night lineup that Carolyn was just talking about, which included Fantasy Island. Carolyn just shared with us her memories of Saturday nights. Kristen, do you have any specifics? Um, of my Saturday nights, yeah, I watching Love Boat and Boy down the street, yeah, yeah, and uh, but he luckily he was in bed by Love Boat time, and that was sort of my goal, like hurry, <laughs> yeah, hurry, bath, brush your teeth, brush your teeth, Love Boat, you know, get him to bed. Love Boat was actually made to appeal to adult audiences. So it's weird that we were all mm-hmm. children watching this. I don't, I didn't babysit yet because I was too young, but I have strong memories and feelings about Love Boat, and I would say that Love Boat is one of probably just like three or four shows in my entire childhood that hits this way, that I have this strong of feelings about. Um, It's right up there for me with Little House on the Prairie, with Happy Days, with um, Eight is Enough, and then in the 80s with Family Ties. That's like, these are the shows that I feel like really were impactful to me. Um, It was, it was probably my first must-see TV Saturday night. And uh, it would be my mom and my sister and I would watch it. I wanted to share really quick, um, Carolyn and Kristen, you guys aren't the only ones who have babysitting memories tied um, to Love Boat. A lot of our society members mentioned that as well, that Love Boat reminds them of babysitting. But a couple of other memories that some people shared, I just thought were too sweet to not mention on the podcast. Um, uh, one, uh, uh, she said, Saturday nights with my grandma watching Love Boat and Fantasy Island, bath time, and toast on the balcony with music before bed. Isn't that so That's sweet? That's so cute. Oh, and then yes. Lisa says, my best memory of Saturday nights and my mom would make popcorn and homemade chocolate malts and we'd watch Love Boat and Fantasy Island. So yeah, a lot of people have Aww. good memories. And my friend Leah pointed out that... Um, they oftentimes had old stars on the show. So they really were appealing broadly to children and parents and grandparents. Mm-hmm. I watched it with my grandma. And I remember there, you know, they'd have Milton Berle or Debbie Reynolds or something. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know who these people were, but my grandma was ecstatic. Yeah. Actually, my grandma was super ecstatic about Parker Stevenson. That was her big catch. <gasps> That's right. Um, but... Yeah, she loved Parker Stevenson. But it was a place where we were both super excited mm-hmm. to see our people. Right. Yeah, because they had so many younger younger celebrities mm-hmm. on as well to appeal to all of us. Kind of like those yeah. variety shows that we've talked about in the past, you know, particularly some of the Christmas ones where we had The Carpenter's Christmas, which had Gene Kelly, and then we also had Jimmy and Christy. So they tried to get the audiences that would um, – or the mm-hmm. stars that would get a broad audience. Mm-hmm. And they did it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about um, those guest stars and the storylines in just a little bit. But I think right now we need to talk about the crew because this was a real ensemble of characters, you guys. Um, I don't think there's anyone from our generation who doesn't know immediately who you're talking about when you say, go for an Isaac. <laughs> uh-huh, <laughs> right? It's true. Right. Or even labeling people like, oh, he's our Isaac. Oh, yes. that's our gopher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These are, how many of you are, the, like, you go out with friends, like, who's going to be Julie right. McCoy? Exactly. Who's the, you're the Julie McCoy of who's our group. Who's the Julie McCoy? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so should we start with our captain? Let's sure. do. Yeah. Okay, so the captain of our Saturday nights was Captain Steubing, of course, and he was played by the recently deceased Gavin McLeod. We just lost him this year. 
He was, you know, along with the rest of the Mary Tyler Moore cast. My God, it was a tough year, 2021. And we, so we knew um, Gavin McLeod mostly as news writer Murray Slaughter from his seven seasons on Mary Tyler Moore. And the last episode of the Mary Tyler Moore show was on March 19th, 1977. That's my birthday, by the way, if you want to send a card. Um, and Love Boat premiered just six months later. So he wow. must have just hopped from one set to the next. And apparently he was gearing up to star in a musical with Debbie Reynolds on stage, a live really? musical performance with Debbie Reynolds. And his agent called and said, well, I got this script. I don't know. Do you want to read it? And Gavin said, well, what do you think of it? He says, it stinks. It's ridiculous. <gasps> yeah. But he read it. And apparently Aaron Spelling sold it to him by promising him that there would be a happy ending every week and that he would be working with some of the biggest stars of all time. And Captain Stubing said yes. Wow. Um, and how, so, too. Well, like, yeah, and can I, I, know, can I right? add a little bit to that, too? What I, Something mm -hmm. I read in my little rabbit hole digging was that Aaron Spelling originally wanted Dick Van Patten to play Captain <gasps> Steubing, oh. but he uh, his schedule or something wouldn't permit it. And um, Gavin McLeod is one, was one of uh, Dick Van Patten's really good friends. And so yeah. he suggested to Aaron Spelling, reach out to... Um, Gavin McLeod, I think he would be great for this. Wow. So again, you're like thinking, oh my gosh, how our lives would be yeah, so I can't. different. Serendipitous. No. I mean, and here's I the know. thing if Dick Van, and I like Dick Van Patten, um, but had he been Captain Steubing for all those years, we probably would have been like, we can't imagine anyone but Dick Van Patten. Right. But honestly, I can't imagine anyone but Gavin McLeod. Like, right. No. I just no, can't. I can't. Right. Okay, and here's just one something that's very interesting. I don't know why I find it so interesting. It's just kind of quirky, I guess. During his love boat run, he divorced his wife, and then his wife found Jesus, and then he found Jesus, and then they found each other, and they got married again, <gasps> oh, and they kidding. blamed Jesus. And they blame? And so they're like, yes, they blame Jesus. So they oh, you said, mean Jesus you brought us back don't together. Don't you mean they credit Jesus? Yes, they credit <laughs> Jesus. Jesus gets the credit for them remarrying. Mm -hmm. And so then they kind of became these this, these proponents of um, of marriage and I'm not going to say this. Just like well. family. <laughs> like family. No matter what I yeah. say, it's going to sound, it's going to sound um, undiplomatic. They started going on like the, the Christian TV circuit yeah. talking about their marriage. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. They went on the Christian TV circuit talking about their marriage and how their faith saved their marriage. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. I knew that he was a very faith-driven like mm -hmm. man, um, but I didn't know that about the marriage. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. So, um, yes, Julie McCoy would be one of the first people that we would meet if we were boarding the Pacific Princess because she would so um, cheerily greet us with her, um, hi, I'm your cruise director, Julie <laughs> McCoy. So she was played by Lauren Tweez and evidently beat out more than 100 others for the job. Uh, she was only, I think, in the third pilot. So there were like two pilots before... Um, the third, and mm -hmm. she was not the original cruise director, but Aaron Spelling, she caught his eye when she was a guest role in Starsky and Hutch, my, one of my oh. other – Can we just say we're going to have to do an Aaron Spelling thing at one point? I mean, oh, that's, that's a great idea. idea. Uh, yes. He – what would our, you know, TV lives yeah. have been in the 70s if, without, without Aaron, Aaron Spelling. Spelling? He just did it For all. Sure. Family. I mean, it was all over the board. She made an impression on him when she was in Starsky and Hutch. And so she ended up getting the role for the third pilot and actually got on set the day before they started filming. So oh. it was um, a 
And she went from kind of a nothing to that very, very quickly. Um, so she welcomed guests aboard the Pacific Princess for seven seasons until, sadly, she had to be let go in 1984 because of her addiction to cocaine. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that was kind of sad when you read some of that story. Because now, as she, really as she says, a lot of actors would be given the grace of, okay, go and let's we'll help you get sober and we'll help you find your path. And mm-hmm. for her, there was no second chances. It was, you're off. Um Fortunately, though, she was able to um, get out on the other side of it, and she is sober now, and she did appear as a guest in several um, of the Love Boat episodes after and some of the Love Boat movies, and she was replaced by Pat Klaus, who played her sister, Judy McCoy and Judy. Judy and Julie, yeah, right? And Judy was our cruise director for the remaining time. I didn't. I just didn't. No. I just couldn't ever get a uh, part in no. the pun. But I couldn't get on board with Judy. No, <laughs> I could not get I on couldn't. board either. I no. liked Julie. She was sort of like imprinted upon our hearts, and it, there was just something 100%. about that clipboard and her Dorothy Hamill haircut that yes. you know won right. us all over. I mean, well, raise your hand if you ever like found a clipboard and played Love Boat oh, in your house. Yes, 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 right? yes. Everybody's raising their hand. Yes, right. and and she. There was just something about her smile. Uh, okay, so let's move on to Gopher, um, Gopher or Burl Smith, the ship's yeoman purser. Did you guys always wonder what that was when at the what beginning? The hell is a purser? When the I when never, it would come under his ever. name, same. And and then when they would what say the yo- when you would see something where it said yeoman purser, the Y E O. I was like, what the. <laughs> What and is that? To be honest, we didn't have the Google. So I have a question. Actually, what is a purser? I don't even know. I still oh, don't okay. know. Okay, well, we have this little rectangle we could look up. <laughs> um, I mean, okay, isn't so, that funny that even now we don't know what a purser is? I was doing much more important investigating for this episode. Right. Okay, so while you're looking that up, I'm going to keep going. Um, so it was played by Fred Grandy. Um, before the Love Boat, Fred Grandy had had guest appearances on Love American Style. Mary Tyler Moore, Maude, Phyllis, Welcome Back Cotter, among others. And he had starred in a Saturday morning series called Monster Squad in 1976. <gasps> Is that familiar? I remember Monster oh, Squad. You did? Oh, my well, God. Gophers on it. <laughs> Is it animated? I can't even remember. Yeah, I just remember I don't know. Um, interesting, though. You guys, listen to this fact, fun fact about Fred Grandy. He actually graduated Mac. You know, we think of Gopher as the silly, kind of funny comic relief a lot in most of these episodes. Fred Grandy graduated magna cum laude from, is that how you say that? Magna cum laude, mm-hmm. laude or laude? Mm-hmm. Laude, isn't it? Some, magna some cum laude f- with a bachelor's degree in English from Harvard University in 1970. In 1971, he was in an improv, an improv group at Harvard called The Proposition. Um, and then he rejoined that show when it moved off Broadway in 1971. And one of his co-stars was Jane Curtin, pre-Saturday Night Live. Oh, wow. oh wow! Isn't that kind of cool? Yeah, and yeah. so I think we we think of him as kind of goofy, but you know he's got a Harvard degree. And if you guys will remember, in 1986, it kind of blew our minds when we all learned that Gopher Fred Grandy became a member of the United States House of Representatives from the state of Iowa. However, that wasn't like a new thing with him. All the way back in 1970 and in 1971, so years before Love Boat, he was a speechwriter for a Republican congressman from Iowa. So he had oh, his foot, he had his that. toe in politics for Chuck a really Grassley. long time. <laughs> um, so I think that's really interesting because he is the one that I think of as goofy and silly, but yeah. he really has quite an impressive um, background. Okay, so the purser is apparently is the person who on the ship who is responsible for the money. What? 
And did I we ever see him with money? Money. But wait, did I, we well, ever? He is the per like people would go to the, his desk to book passage, like when John. I was going to say John. When John oh, Ritter true. goes to, he's like, do you have any room on the boat? Do you have, do you have a place for me? Yeah, it's Dale. That's weird. Um, and he's like, no, sorry, we're all full up. So that's where you would go to buy your ticket, okay. I guess. Wow. Okay, here's, do you, please tell me if this is an urban myth or if this is true. Because I have a friend who says she has a friend <laughs> who was a congressional, do you know what I'm going to say already? No, yeah. but I'm like, oh, the okay, friend of the Okay, because that's friend. telling me, if you're laughing, then it's telling me it's an urban no. myth. My friend says she has a friend who was a congressional intern and arrived at the Capitol at the same time that Fred Grandy had become a representative for, from Iowa. And they got on the elevator at the same time. And so my friend's friend went to push the button in the elevator and turned around to Fred Grandy and went, Lido deck? <laughs> <laughs> and then promptly got fired. No. Uh-uh. Yeah, he was not. He, was, he did not laugh. Oh, I don't uh. believe that. Did not laugh. Um, I'll have to. Hmm. Well, well, honestly, I will though, say I- that he was he was the governor of Iowa for a while too, and I think this was when I lived in Iowa. I've lived a lot of places, and he no talking about love boat allowed. He oh, wanted boo. to separate that. I don't want to know that fact. Political life. He was a serious, important man. Don't talk about. Okay, love boat. you know what, Fred? Let's cut to the chase here. One of the reasons you probably got elected was because you were. Oh, hello. well, he Go says it was. He, Name I actually, recognition. Yeah. You guys, I read a quote where he says, "Without Love Boat, he would never have had his political career." So That's maybe true. he loosened up in in recent, more recent years. Um, because mm-hmm. I was going to say, honestly, is there anyone out there who didn't love Gopher? Um, you know, Gopher mm-hmm. and Isaac were like they were hilarious together, and they were I, buddies. Gopher was always one of my favorites. I just I loved him. Oh yeah, um, yeah. But, All right, well, moving on. Know, his mom was Ethel Merman. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, yes. What? We just watched Gopher's that one last night. That's the one Brian and I oh, watched gosh. last I night. Thought I thought you meant yes, in real life. Coming's... Oh, no. my gosh. Oh, sorry, Carolyn. Oh, sorry, everybody. No, Gopher's mom is Ethel Merman. <laughs> and so that's a good example of where my grandma would be all yeah. excited. Oh, yeah. she's so cute in that episode, too, where mm-hmm. the parents come on. Okay. And this uh, could be where on. we learned about those people, right? Oh, I'm sure. I can hear my mom telling me, oh, she was in, I remember her, and she was in some movie. and Yeah. All right. Okay, the ship's doctor. Ugh. The ship's doctor, Adam Bricker, a.k.a. Doc, was played by Bernie Copel, and some people knew him from Get Smart. He was all over TV, actually. Some people knew him from Get Smart, but I knew him from that girl when he was Marlo Thomas's neighbor. He was a very groovy neighbor. He was just all over TV. But can we just agree that Doc was a creepy doctor? Yeah, he was not. Like, he was he my gets, least favorite. Well, he, he was gets my least excited favorite about member. seeing his patients naked in his... Exam room. Not anybody I mean, naked. That's, not just patients. Yes, everybody. It's just, it's not woman, okay. And that was very. Yuck. It was kind of confusing to me because as a kid, because he was this Lothario who got all the ladies, but he was basically a middle-aged dad in short yes. pants and knee-high socks. He was like, not he attractive. Was, no. no, he was no Chad Everett, right? <laughs> right. This, we're not talking BJ Honeycutt here for the team BJ people. He was a middle-aged dad. And so I'm looking at this like, hmm, what's going on here? And so what I learned from this as a kid is that ugly men can be sexy, but ugly women cannot. I That's what I learned as Boom. a kid too. And you know, I could get on my soapbox about this and we could take it off. But I remember from being so young and watching even commercials and I'd be like, how did that guy get that woman? The dad was always just <laughs> bleh and the mom was so attractive. And I thought that is just not real life. And actually, there's a whole um, show. Well, I'll, I digress. But there's one of those dark comedies out right now with what's her name from 
um, Shit's Creek that kind of takes that trope of yeah, mm-hmm. it does yeah. Um, anyway, but yes. You, what I was going to say is though that holds true with a huge percentage of Love Boat storylines. It was oh, an God. old, yes. a way older celebrity guest who was kind of crotchety and like grandpa looking with a mm-hmm. very young, blonde, vivacious actress. In a bikini. Many, many episodes. It's an older yeah. man and a much yep. younger woman. I mean, it's Dick Van Patten and Audrey Meadows. Not Audrey Meadows. Um, Audrey. Audrey Le- Lindley. Yeah. What's, no, 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 no Landers. No, Mrs. No. Roper. Landers. Yes. Landers. Yeah. Yes. Who's Judy the really Landers, kind of, Dick, yes, Judy sister. Landers, yes. Judy Landers. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, Barbie so, Benton. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Bing, bing, bing. Finger on nose. Yeah. Exactly right. That's, mm-hmm. let's, let's take Dick Van Patten, Barbie Benton, and just- Multiply that by a hundred, and that's most of the couples on Love Boat. And so yeah. you're right, Kristen. It's like, and I think both of you said that that's what Doc was doing too. I just yes. found, I just found too, watching it now through an adult lens recently, I'm like creeped out by the sexualization of, or just like Ooh, the sexist yes. remarks. I don't want to say oh, sexualization yeah. because that doesn't actually, the well, ugly. the over sexualization of the women um, is yeah. wrong. Let's get that out there. But I'm talking about like the sexist comments and remarks that they got away mm-hmm. with on this show in the late 70s and early 80s about taking the woman back to your office, wink, wink. Um, it's, or your exam room, for God's sake. Mm-mm. I mean, you get your license taken away so fast. And now watching it, um, and also let me be clear, it's not making me enjoy watching Love Boat any less now. I am loving watching Love Boat now, yeah, but I'm sort of like, it's how we can watch a lot of stuff from the seventies. We just are like, like for instance, my daughters who are such feminists and everything, I would never show them a love boat episode because they would be horrified at what was on TV (laughs) and they wouldn't be watched, but they wouldn't be able to separate 2022 from 1978 and what was acceptable and what was okay. Then we can do that. So, um, But it is it is a little bit horrifying. It is, oh. and, it's well, another, and you think about the. Go ahead. I, I was Karen. just going to say it's just another example of we didn't think twice about it. Our parents didn't. I mean, our grandparents no. who were sitting next to watching these shows. It it just was the way it was, and to think that now it's, it just blows my mind sometimes to think that we just went along with all of that and that was just the way of the world. Well, because TV was our teacher, and if you think if I think about who I was watching Love Boat with, except for my little brother. Um, it was all women. It was all mm-hmm. women watching that show. And so it was created by men and those storylines were created by men and they were yes, fed to us. Men. And you would all that ogling and all of that sexual innuendo and all the coupling between the ugly men and the beautiful women is seems to be going for a male audience. And yet it was all women watching it. So all that means is that we were their pupils. Yes, and except Karen's from it. Except Carolyn's little bi- little boys, she babysat. That's what they were learning. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. true. Those poor well, three that little is boys. Equally as bad. I hope yeah. they turned out okay. I hope they're not yeah. like I learned it on Love Boat. <laughs> Get in here, <laughs> woman. Just, you, if you wonder where, if you wonder where our body images image issues <sighs> come from, you know, we were sitting in front of Love Boat. Yes. That's where they came from. Oh. Oh, that's such a happy thought. <laughs> oh, okay. So wait, we digressed big yes. time. Yes, uh, Kristen, do you have any more information about Doc? <laughs> no, he was creepy. Don't like him. <laughs> the end. Wow. <laughs> we all loved Isaac, though, right? I we mean, did. oh, I love I Isaac. Him. He's my yes. number one. Great. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm. <laughs> oh, wait. If you're watching on Patreon, that was awesome what Kristen just mm-hmm. did. Yeah. Oh. Just I just watched that. Love Boat 800 times. Can you pull out Isaac's finger gun oh, at the exact same time? That's what I was he does? just going to say that. Yeah. And he, the, if you check out any memes, 
check out any memes. He's very popular in the meme circuit, his double gun kind of sh- look, mm-hmm. look or whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, Isn't there yeah. one season where he does it once? Whoops, I just hit my yeah. mic. Where there he does it once and then twice. Where he just does, well, the yeah. first couple seasons he just does it once, but I almost feel like there's a season where he first goes once and then he goes twice, but I could be meshing all the seasons in my head. And it's amazing how it's just like choreography. Like I whip out my finger gun and it's like, <laughs> It's like he gets me. Yeah. Like when you're watching the theme, do you whip out your finger guns? Yes. Oh, for I love sure. That. I love it. Of course it. I do. Of course um, he was We're in, in 246 episodes of Love Boat. And here's another reason I love him. Several of those he actually wrote and directed. So he was <gasps> he behind did. the camera as well as in front of the camera. Yes. I and had that, no idea. I know. That is actually what he... Um, followed up his career with after Love Boat was writing and directing. He's written 12, or no, I took that back, 23 plays. And (gasps) I know. And he does a lot of acting in regional theater. He was in the original Broadway cast of Hair. Oh, this is Ted Langland, by the way. I, I didn't ever say yeah. his name. I've called him oh, Isaac yeah, we didn't the say whole time. Yeah. Do we, do we say it Lange and not Lange? It, no, it's Lange. I did not Lange. know that. Yes, Lange, like mm. flange. Okay. I wanted to make sure I got that correct for you guys and for our Rhymes fact checkers flange. out there. Well, I say that because one of the articles <laughs> I was reading had that in parentheses pronounced like flange. <laughs> And I'm not even sure I know exactly what it is. Anyway, so flange, yes. Maybe we should be saying flang this whole time. (laughs) And then I listened to a podcast where someone introduced him and she said Ted Lange. Flange. Oh, good. Okay. Lange. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yes. So the more you know. Okay. Um, He was in the original Broadway cast of Hair, which I thought was kind of cool. I would love to see his hair. (laughs) 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 We're going to have to look that up. I'm totally looking that up right now. Wait, is here the one where they're all naked? Explain yourself. Wait, yeah, yeah. That's the one where they're all naked, right? I know. Yeah. Well, right. (laughs) They're all naked. And then Krista's comment of, I would love to see his hair. (laughs) What are you, please, please explain yourself. (laughs) All of his hair? I meant on top of his head. (laughs) Okay. Well, when you're talking about the hair, it's not called pubic hair. Well, (laughs) you guys. I'm sure it wasn't much different hair than it was. Oh, yeah, but it's big, beautiful oh, hair. Oh, true. Okay. That's what it's, that's, that's how the song goes. I'm just big, saying it's, beautiful it's hair. hair. Oh, I found it. I found it. Oh, it is beautiful. Oh, no, that's oh. not him. Oh, but it is. It is pretty good. It's pretty good. And he's got like the connected afro to the beard oh. and mustache. Oh. It's all one thing. Oh, my I'm going to send it I'm to you right die. now. Okay. Well, it's that's good. great. Okay. That could be cold open. Carolyn going, well, I'm sure it's not much different than it was on Love Boat. <laughs> Like on his head. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and he was also Shakespearean trained. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, Ted Lange and hair. I'm looking. Oh, Lange. Wait, Flange, Lange. Lange. Ted Lange Lange and hair. I'm looking right now. Not Flange. (gasps) Wait, that's. Not the guy in front. He's in back. Keep going back. Right now, for our listeners, way back. Michelle is Mm -hmm. looking. For yeah. His okay. Original photo. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's good. I I do think I remember now. That's that's something's connecting in my head that he was a writer director. Later, I had no idea that he actually did that on Love Boat. Though that's really cool. Yeah, that is cool. I think yeah. it was too. So, um, and a little bit later, he actually plays prominently in my favorite episode that we'll share. So I get to mm, good. talk a little bit okay. more about. Can't Isaac. wait to hear about that. Yeah. All right. So, um, last on on the crew, we're we're going to talk about Vicky. 
Uh, Jill Whelan came aboard in season three. It was episode seven. She was just 11 years old. Um, and to refresh your memory, I'm just going to bring you up to speed on how, um, on the circumstances surrounding um, Vicky's, um, because you guys, seriously, which writer was like, I've got a good idea. You know what this show needs? A child. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Because up until that, like, who thought that, you know, it's going to really make these storylines more rich. Let's have a child. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so Vicky's mother has died, and Vicky is living with her aunt and uncle in Mexico. So she's met Captain Merrill. It's just so him. convenient. It's right on the It's route, right, yeah. Right, so it's she's met really Captain Exactly. I wonder if it was like Mazatlan, Acapulco. <laughs> like, I think it was Acapulco. Um, so I watched mm -hmm. this one the other day. Uh, so she's met Captain Merrill before, but does not know he's her father. However, Ooh. she has a super close relationship with him, which is kind of weirdly creepy and unexplained. But I think the mom made sure they knew each other and was like, this ship's captain is your special friend, Vicky, or something like that, which is weirdly creepy. Um, mm -hmm. Because so basically, though, the mom and Captain Steubing had come to an understanding when the mom got pregnant um, years ago, 11 years ago, that a ship was no place to raise a child. And that was what they agreed. So the mom got married to someone else. Um, so now Vicky in season three, Vicky has run away from her aunt and uncle's house in Mexico because the <laughs> ship is docked there conveniently. Um, oh and God. she she runs to the ship and she tells Captain Steubing that she found her dead mom's diary and knows he is her father and she thinks she should be with him because she loves Captain Merrill so much. Weird. Um, but when Captain Steubing says, no, a ship is no place to raise a child, and he takes her back to her aunt, she's crushed. But then the aunt, plot twist, the aunt tells Captain that she and the uncle are getting a divorce. And so Captain is immediately like, I never want to say goodbye. The ship is the perfect place to raise a child. Because <laughs> divorced everyone, people can't raise children. Yes, and everyone is happy, and Vicky grows up on the ship before our eyes. Yeah. Yes. Happily um, ever after. So that should get you up to um, speed. And before Love Boat, really all Jill, Jill Whelan had done was some local theater and an Eminem commercial. <laughs> oh, and I've seen that Eminem commercial. Oh, you have? She's very, she's a bullient. Yeah. She's a bullient. She's um, a bullient. But here, you. I have a question. Did yeah. you guys, uh, maybe because I was in fifth grade, oh, well, actually, no, when she came on, she came on um, season three. So we're in like 1979. Um, so I'm like 10 and she's 11. I'm about the same age as Vicky. I don't know about you guys, but I wanted to be Vicky and live on a cruise ship. I don't know if she was too young for you guys. Um, well, Kristen, you're she only a year older than me. She was too young for me, me but, I but you're was only a year older than me. She's I actually know, the exact same age, age as you young. are. She's my exactly the same. Young. Yeah, you were like 11 going on 38. I was. And so that's why I wanted to be Julie McCoy. Oh, okay. Vicky was the little girl. And oh, no, I wanted I was to be not Vicky. a little, little girl. I was right. a grown-ass woman at 11. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to be Vicky. I was obsessed with all the episodes with Vicky. I loved all the storylines because I could imagine myself as her, except for a few episodes after she comes on is the episode where Rex Smith comes on <gasps> and he, and she crushes on him. And it's actually pretty creepy, that episode. And that one gave me really uncomfortable feelings. Um, oh, they did it wrong. But- I also love the relationship she had with Captain Steubing throughout. You know, we've talked about this before. I always loved shows where a dad and a daughter had a really mm. good relationship. And that's just going to, uh -huh. that's, that's my we'll therapy. Always be. That will always uh -huh. be my, will always be. that will always be Michelle's therapy. But, um, uh, I also just loved how the whole crew became like her surrogate family and they mm -hmm. all took care of mm -hmm. her. Um, and I just recently watched, you guys, the sweetest YouTube video where Jill Whelan was oh, paying tribute to Gavin McLeod last year. And she says that he was a true father figure. 
um, to her. And he treated her from day one, like one of his own kids. Mm -hmm. Um, She said he had so much warmth and love for her. And you guys, he felt the same way about her. Um, She says her relationship with him was incredibly special. And I love this. She calls Gavin McLeod. She says he was a custodian of love. Oh, my God. She couldn't speak more highly of him. Um, She's uh, clearly moved. Like, she's choking up talking. And this was just after he mm -hmm, died, died, right? Yeah, Yeah, it was last May. So she was speaking Mm -hmm. very Mm -hmm. openly. Um, And and then one fun fact I have about Joe Whelan is that you might have already known this, but in 2015, she was hired by Princess Cruises as a celebrations ambassador. So only, like, seven years ago. She was working oh on, and she looks great. She's she's super cute, and she's um, she you know she has nothing. Um, and then if you go back and even watch where they used to all get together and do cast reunions, man, Gavin McLeod, his he's got his arm around her. He said one at one cast um, reunion I saw. He said the best thing the Love Boat ever gave him was his relationship oh. with Joe Whelan. Okay, that is adorable. Mm-hmm. They really had a real. special relationship. Yeah. That's like yeah. Michael Landon and Melissa Gilbert. Like they really were father yeah. and daughter yeah. in a way. Well, you think all yeah. the time they spent together and um, growing up. I mean, those were some formative years. Mm-hmm. 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 Wow. Did you know that the Pop Culture Preservation Society is on Patreon? Patreon allows you to support our work by becoming dues-paying members of our society. We are an independent, women-run endeavor with a commitment to delivering the highest quality listening experience to our community. And so we've taught ourselves how to record, edit, and produce a podcast in midlife, a time when most of us are asking our kids how to regram a TikTok so that we can deliver episodes that truly speak to you. Support from PCPS patrons means that we can devote more of our time and resources to the content, sources, equipment, software, hosting, and research that you've come to depend on without worrying about how to pay the bills. So thank you. We appreciate you from the bottom of our bell-bottomed hearts. Because I think maybe one of the reasons that Jill was added as Vicky was it could bring on some younger um, guest stars and she could, you know, be part of the storyline. Oh, hello. um, Mm -hmm. Because that got some of our little friends on there that I'll talk about because she plays prominently in my episode that was my favorite that I'll share in a little bit. But guest stars. I mean, the show is nothing without its guest stars, people. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Um, I remember, as Kristen said earlier, sitting glued to the TV and those portholes to see who would be on. And it really kind of set the tone for my whole night, to be honest with you, because <laughs> you'd yes. look and if it was all kind of duds, you'd be like, uh, but then there'd be somebody exciting. You'd see Donny Osmond or someone's face in there and you'd you'd get all excited. And it wasn't, again, we didn't have the social media. So you weren't all getting all prepped up for the week who was going to be on. Sometimes that's when you learned who was going to be on the show. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's we why had we were sitting every, there. I mean, we had no idea. Right. No, we didn't have any idea. And it could be a variety of people that you could see on there. I mean, you could see Sonny Bono. Or you could see Dr. Joyce Brothers. You could see. <laughs> oh, God, Dr. Joyce yes, Brothers. I that's right. That she actually would go on shows she and, not, and talk about not psychology. Right. I mean, there were this huge variety of people that would um, that would go on. So hundreds upon hundreds. I don't know if you did you do the math for this one, Michelle? Did you count? Up I didn't all because I found it. That I f- would be a good But stat. I found that website. You did. And it was just scrolling. Scroll. It was, it was every. Did you count? No, I didn't. I was hoping Estimate? that you might. No, I started to, and it was a little <laughs> Do bit Do some much. estimation. All I can tell you is that if We're you, all about math here. If you were a celebrity in the 70s and 80s, and you were not on the love boat, 
something had to be wrong with you. you yeah. Eat, who eat, were you? Who yeah. were you even? Right. Like, did you wait, question? were you were you a celebrity? Yeah. Well, right. Mm-hmm. Like, did you question your existence? Because everybody and anybody <laughs> seemed to be on there. Um, so I don't know what was wrong with those people that weren't that weren't on there. And that scope of talent. I mean, you could get people with negative zero talent. Or you could get one of 32 Oscar winners who were actually on (gasps) the love boat. 32? 32 different Oscar winners um, were on the show from its inception till the end. Um, So even though some of us might think it was a desperate or cheesy kind of attempt, like I better get on love boat, um, obviously these are some star-studded claimed uh, actors and actresses mm-hmm. who um, chose to appear. So I thought that that was um, really interesting. Did you guys have any favorites or anybody that sticks out to you? Okay. Can we just talk about Charo for a minute? Oh, we have to talk about Charo. <laughs> because Love Boat is how I learned about this treasure. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special treat. This act is our own Captain Stubing's personal discovery and Helena Patricia Ruiz Inez Lopez. Some say she was on Love Boat eight times. Some people say nine. Some people say ten. Nobody can seem to agree. Everyone says Florence Henderson appeared the most at nine, but then they say Chara was on at ten. Nobody can agree. Well, I'm going to interrupt just for a second, just so we can, because, yes, you're right. This is a big um, point of contention for people. And what I think I have gathered is there is the actual Love Boat series and those episodes, and then there are these movies or these two-hour things. And some Mm -hmm. people don't put that as an actual part of the series. And so oh, that's, they don't count those, they don't guest count stars those as, as actually in their roster. Got it. Right. So I think well, that's Well, and I where also th- wondered if sometimes she would not be counted because she was appearing as the same as the same character. The was she April? She was the same character, uh-huh. April Lopez. There were a couple of times when she was a different character. So maybe they're counting April Lopez as like one appearance. Could be. Um, April Lopez was a flamenco guitarist. She was a performer and a singer. And we first meet her when she stows, a, um, stows away on the ship while it was docked in Mexico and she hides in true 70s style in a laundry basket with her guitar like she pops out of the laundry basket with her guitar it's a chattel. um and she was born in Spain somewhere between 1941 and 1951 but just like not knowing how many times she's been on love boat no one knows for sure and she's not telling you guys is she dead or not she, dead no she's she's alive she's oh, not, dead. not dead okay she's not dead so Somewhere between 1941 and 1951, which means she married her first husband either when she was 15 or 25, and her husband was 66. Yes, I remember that. Oh, no. Yes. She, 66. Oh, he was 66. I was mesmerized but by she, her. Um, oh, that's exactly the word. I was completely and utterly mesmerized by her. And she was she got to the United States, she says, because of this 66-year-old husband. So she claims there was kind of an arrangement there. Like, all right, Mm -hmm. I'll marry you, but you get me to the U.S. And immediately she starts appearing on talk shows. She's on talk shows all over the place. And then it's when she's on Laugh-In in in 1968 where she really starts to do comedic bits with Rowan and Martin. Um, And it was her complete and utter lack of fluency in English, which was the comedy. So funny. at, it is, it, Wikipedia says it was her mangled syntax and pronunciation. So you can't yeah. understand anything she says, and yet the comedy is what <laughs> she says. So on Love Boat, she's like, oh, Capitan, oh, Capitan, do you make me walk the plank? <laughs> 
Yeah. And can I just say that overwhelmingly our society members mentioned Taro in our um, Love Boat. I did a little crowdsourcing um, for episodes, which we'll get to later. Um, but many people were like, I'm not going to tell you about my favorite episode. I'm just going to say anyone that Charo was on. Anyone. <laughs> That's true. And and I and it's okay. I mean, is this something that would fly today, making fun of somebody's no, accent? No, it, no. No, it would not. But we can... we. Have to understand too that she was in command. Right, she, she was, was using right. Big this, difference. Right, mm-hmm. she commands every scene that she's in. She holds such power with the people in those scenes. She's wielding that accent like a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Right, well, she's doling it, it yeah. out. So pay attention to me, you guys. She's mm-hmm. not vulnerable. You don't feel like you're mocking someone from another country, which is what. It really is, and, but that's but why it's so it. we know it's so wrong, and that's yes. why we can mm-hmm. go back to nineteen the nineteen seventies yeah. and nineteen eighties when she was on, and still enjoy that performance because yeah. she like I love how you just said that she was in command of it. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was her. That was her thing. Yeah, and she yeah, actually she has said very sweet. So um, she is a flamenco guitarist, an actual flamenco guitarist. And she says, around the world, I am known as a great musician, but in America, I am known as the Coochie Coochie Girl. That's Mm. okay, because Coochie Coochie has taken me all the way to the bank. For sure. And in actuality, according to some people, she is the best flamenco guitarist of all time. Whoa. That's how good she is. Good for her. And when you see her on, I mean, honestly, I've not seen her play flamenco guitar on any, any place else, only on Love Boat. And if you pay attention to her guitar playing, it is stunning. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's quite I would stunning. watch her on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. That was the other one. She'd yes. be really funny on there. Um, yeah. And she, and I would be amazed how fast she could play that guitar. And it's crazy. almost coming to terms in my head with like, you, cause you know, let's face it. I mean, she played a ditzy kind of blonde with big boobs, but, she could do this amazing thing at the same time. It was yeah. kind of cool to, to watch that. Um, so, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I can see she was super talented. I had a couple of favorite guest stars. So, like you said, Joe Whelan was the reason they brought young guest stars on. I gravitated to all the young guest stars. I loved when Melissa Gilbert was on. I loved Christy McNichol. Any of the Bradys on, um, even though they were older by then, I loved seeing them you know, grown up. I loved Me it when too. the Osmonds were on, um, any Osmond. Um, and I have a couple weirdly just rewatching some this past weekend when this person came on the first one I watched. I was like, oh, I loved it when she was on. And I was like, that's so weird. It's Connie Stevens. I loved it when Connie Stevens oh, was on. I did like her. She was so cute. And she always some she played some kind of goofy. Mm-hmm. One time she was the lady who worked in the like um cruise ship florist in one episode. And she they have um, a florist? Yeah, well, in this on episode, episode they did, like the florist slash gift <laughs> shop. And Connie Stevens is the lady who works on board. Um, and I also, Jimmy Walker cracked me up a lot when he was on. Um, one that I did not like, and I'm going to say when you guys said the, um, you know, the little portholes come up at the beginning. And when I would see Vic Tabak, who played Mel, I love the show Alice, <laughs> oh. but when Vic Tabak would come on, didn't like it. And of all the 245 episodes that I chose to watch over the past weekend, two of them had Vic Tabak on. And <laughs> I tell you what, was he on? Now, I don't know, but I tell you what, now I can hit my little fast forward by 10. Fast, so anytime his storyline came on, I hit my little, and I thought, God, I couldn't have done that back in the day. Now right. I can just fast forward when Vic Tabak's on. I, I don't, I don't enjoy him. I, and on Mel and on Alice, I didn't enjoy him on Alice either. Hmm. I'm just going to throw out Artie Johnson. I love oh, Artie Johnson. Yes, Artie yes, Johnson. yeah. It's very interesting. interesting. Yeah. 
Oh, what about when Maureen McCormick was on with Bobby Sherman? Sorry, we can do that later. Yes, yes. Well, and one time she was Donnie Osmond's wife. Oh, my um, God. She got all the good people. And Juan Epstein. Oh, my Robert God. Hay- From Hay- Love Hay- Hot- Yeah. Yeah. They were a couple in one, one of the early episodes. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, but let's talk about the stories real quick because yeah. really the stories, the characters drove this show, but the story you couldn't have the you couldn't have the character the stories without the characters, vice versa. Um, so one thing I think is really interesting, um, and I, you guys, I, th- I know you know that question to the answer to this question, but the Love Boat actually follows a um, very specific anthology formula that was popularized in the seventies with another really big show. Do you guys want to say what it was? Love American style. Truer than the red, red, white, and blue. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. if you think about that, that was kind of a light bulb for me where I was like, oh, that's absolutely right. And I loved Love American style. Way too old for me to watch. I wasn't really allowed to watch it, but I snuck it in. I was about to say that was a little risque. But um, so so, uh, three separate storylines and they all have different writers and weave in and out throughout the episode. Um, You know, Love Boat, like Love American style, kind of, it wasn't really a typical sitcom, nor was it sketch comedy, but it was the style that Aaron Spelling directly modeled after ABC's Love American style. Um, So like I said, um, there are typically three storylines, but this, this is something I didn't ever really realize. And it's, it's so true when you think about almost every episode. One storyline usually focused on a member of the crew. Mm -hmm. A second storyline would often focus on a crew member and a passenger interacting like a relationship, not a, not necessarily relationship, but an interaction between a crew mm-hmm. member and a passenger. And the third storyline was more focused on a single passenger or a group of passengers. So there's usually a crew, a crew and a passenger, and then just passengers. And mm-hmm. those three storylines also followed a similar thematic pattern. One storyline, typically the crew member one, was just straight ahead comedy. The second would typically follow more of a romantic comedy format. Um, and then the third storyline would usually be the most dramatic of the three. Um, it didn't really have as many laughs, and it usually had a far more serious tone. Like, think Jimmy Osmond, Denise Miller, um, you know, Denise Miller from Sooner or Later. Think that episode where she's got scoliosis and she has to wear the back brace. That was very serious. Even though we're very laughing, serious. That was the she almost drowns, for God's was... sake, in the pool. Yes. Because she wanted to prove to him that she didn't need that back brace. She did because she almost drowned. Um, Yeah, so um, right. (laughs) Yeah, and then she when he dives in to save her, he picks her up and he's like standing, and when he actually stands up, the water's like at his thighs. (laughs) So yeah, so um, the storylines like were hilarious. And there were actually, there were formulas within those storylines when I could just see them in the writer's room like, okay, which one should we do today? Should we do twins this time? Should we do blind people? Which one should we do? So you there oftentimes blind had, people a lot. There were there? a lot of blind people. Yes. And I, I always think that it's Melissa Sue Gilbert, but it's, or no, Melissa, <laughs> Anderson. Melissa, Sue Anderson. Melissa Sue Anderson, but I'm just making that up in my head because she was blind on Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> I'm used to her looking off in the She's distance always like this. Kristen, Kristen, she wasn't really blind. <laughs> I know, I know that now. But she was on that Love Boat. That's right. Oh, was but she also were... blind on Love Boat? No, no. I just meant she was, oh, no. she was a guest star. <laughs> but that's where my confusion comes in. She was a guest star on the in. Love Boat. I don't think she was blind right. on there. But you would oh have things God. like um, Opposites Attract was a familiar formula. So like when Sonny Bono stars as a rock star in full kiss makeup, <laughs> who falls for a deaf girl? <laughs> that's right. There's that one. Wait, um, wait, wait. I remember him being in kiss makeup, yeah. but there was, he fell in, he fell. He fell in love. With a deaf, deaf girl. girl. 
Yes, because opposites attract, Michelle. Of course. Yes. Of course. Uh-huh. Um, or when a married couple meets up with two swingers, played by Jamie Farr and Heather Locklear. Okay, let's talk about <gasps> oh, same thing again. Right there. We have old ugly man with young hot lady. Yes, what is yeah, that The about? swingers are Jamie Farr and Heather Locklear. Okay, the twins are also something that pops up quite often. Like when Diana Canova plays both Ellen and her sister, Helen, and then Doc <laughs> falls in love with them both, thinking it's just one person. <laughs> that what happens when he wants to take both of them back to his office to, to give him an exam? He doesn't know that there are two. He thinks there's just one. And, and every time he says Helen, he thinks it's Ellen, and like she's just mispronouncing yes. her name or something. No, I get okay. that. <laughs> so then you have um, twin sisters played by actual twins, right. Sib and Trish Barnstable, oh. who secretly switch fiancés on the eve of their weddings. Um, and then there's also, um, there's a lot about old flames. Oh, can and I interrupt? I'm going to interrupt a- just for a yeah. second because one of my favorite was Audrey and Judy Landers twins. Yes. But don't they, are they the ones who play just, they want, they wanted to go on the cruise, but they didn't want to, um, spend the money. So they just bought one ticket oh. or was that? Oh, that sounds familiar. That sounds familiar. Yes. Yeah. And they pretend they're one person. Yes. yes. The opposite of, of Diana Canova. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Where she's actually two people. It's one person playing two people. That's two people playing one person. person. They must have been thrilled when they got to be on the show at the same time, Audrey and (laughs) Judy Landers, because they were on Four boobs for the price of two. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, sorry, A lot of boobs. Lots of boobs. And Judy. Um, Okay, so Julie could have her own category of old flames or old crushes. Oh, for sure. Like when Potsy comes on board and it's her childhood crush. um, I love that one. Or when her high school reunion is held on board ship and Ricky Mm -hmm. Nelson, um, her old boyfriend, comes on the ship. Mm -hmm. And then you have – and then so this is all under the old flame. This isn't Julie. But then you have um, Patty Duke thinks that Ricky Nelson, who has amnesia, is her long-lost lover. But, of course, he can't remember. Because he has amnesia. <laughs> and I need to do some digging to see if amnesia is one of the formulas, too. Should we do blind person today oh, or amnesia? Which has one to we be. Do? has There's to be. Gotta, there was so much amnesia in the 70s. <laughs> do you know anyone who's ever gotten amnesia? No, no but I always thought, I always would, um, when I was a child, would think like, do I have Like if I couldn't remember something, oh, I would think I had amnesia. Well, it's amnesia. Amnesia and quicksand. Quicksand was another big thing. Yes. <laughs> Those are mess we were given. <laughs> There's no more quicksand. Yeah. Yeah. But it was in on every street corner in the 70s. (laughs) Uh There was quicksand. Oh my god. And we've talked about this before, but um what's um uh now I'm gonna forget where you can read um you can read ESP. 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 I was about to say I kept one in my head it was going LSD, LSD. It is not LSD, Michelle. (laughs) It's not LSD. ESP. Yes, that was a thing too that we and maybe that is Mm -hmm. is really true, but um yeah, Yeah, amnesia was a big one. Oh, and then there's always um the teenager gets Teenager on boat gets first kiss. And actually, they don't always say it's the first kiss, but the teenagers always have to kiss. And that was always super uncomfortable for me. And it always felt, because it was so awkward, it always felt like teenager first kiss. Mm-hmm. Yes. Especially like teenager first kiss mm-hmm. is one formula. Um, there's also a lot of like super dork nerd to Lothario. Like the super with yes. the geeky glasses. Someone's going to do a makeover and all of yeah. a sudden they're going to become really hot and get the really yep. smoke in person. But we asked our society members um, on Instagram and Facebook uh, to tell us some of their favorite Love Boat episodes um, or just little storylines, little vignettes. And as usual, they came through for us. So here we go. 
Um, many people mentioned the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders episode. Shane, our friend Shane, immediately came up with the episode with Andy Warhol, Mr. and Mrs. C, and the mermaids um, <laughs> dancing to I'm So Excited in season nine. You guys, <laughs> uh, first of all, Shane, that Google episode it. sound Google right it. up your alley. Oh my yeah. God. I had to YouTube that performance. My good, holy gracious. It is worth every second of that two yes, and a half is. minutes of my life. Um, Terry Hatcher was a mermaid. That's where she got her start. Um, Diane likes any episode with the Little House on the Prairie people on. She says, can we talk about Ma in a bikini? Um, Steffi says, any episode with Carol Channing, which I thought she was just goofy and uh, she was like a Muppet come to life. Um, Carrie, who is a... Uh, Carrie, who is a Love Boat mega fan, says her favorite is when Gopher made his dad jealous with how much he liked to goof off with his mom um, and do things like variety shows. And I rewatched that one last night, like we said. Um, that's the one with um, Ethel Merman as the mom. It's a very good one. Over on Facebook, Amy said Rick Nelson as an amnesia victim. And the <laughs> one with Tony right. Tennille stalking Robert Reed. Um, <laughs> and uh, Yeah. And again, on Facebook, Bridget said the episode where Vera from Alice basically kidnaps and rapes Gopher. And everyone was like, it's oh, cool. what? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. I don't remember that one. He had it coming. Uh, several people mentioned the episode with all the fashion designers, Gloria Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. um, Bill Blass, Halston. Um, Melanie mentioned Scott Bayo and Christy McNichol. Me too. Me too. Um, I love that one. Um, several people mentioned the episode where John Ritter is in drag from season one. Oh, Do you yeah. guys remember that one? Yes. Oh, Dale. I don't. Oh, yeah. Dale. Oh, right. mm-hmm. No, people. Yeah, Kristen, people were quoting that on um, Instagram. I, I want to go back and rewatch that one. That sounds funny. Uh, John Ritter is never not funny. Jill mentioned the one we we mentioned earlier with Marsha Brady and Juan Epstein, Maureen McCormick, and Robert Hedges. Is it Hedges? He- he- I think he- it's Hedges. Hedges. But what do I know? <laughs> Regina remembers the episode with Jimmy Walker, and there were several, but I remember this one too clearly, um, where he drives the exterminator truck around with a big bug on top, and he basically follows the ship around oh, Mexico, yeah. trying oh, to persuade his girlfriend to his girlfriend to take him back. But she only will <laughs> if he marries her. And in that one, her cabin mate is Suzanne Summers. Um, uh, someone mentioned the Donny Osmond and Maureen McCormick one playing a married couple. Um, Beth told us she has been waiting for this. She says season four, episode 10, where feminist icon Helen Reddy pretends to be an alien to get the attention of Tom Smothers. Oh, oh come on. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Candy says the one where they went to Alaska and Julie went to see the guy with the two daughters she'd fallen for in a previous episode, but he had already married someone else. Remember that? Ouch. Heartbreak. That was like season one or two. Maybe two, I believe. Um, Connie, uh, one of our society members, Connie, is currently rewatching the entire series, and she says the Halloween episode of season one is a standout because all three stories had one writer and one director. And she said she wished more did that, which I thought was a really interesting point. They um, it maybe made it a little more cohesive, and they flowed together. Because better. every storyline, there are three storylines in mm-hmm. each episode, and mm-hmm. each one has its own director. I didn't and realize writer. that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And writer, yep. Robin says season seven, episode 15 with Rue McClanahan and Dick Van Patten, Alan Thicke, Michelle Phillips, Fred Willard, Carol Channing, and Betty White. Betty White was on many times, you guys. Mm -hmm. And did you guys know that she was on, um, in 1980, she was on an episode with her husband, Alan Ludden, right? Um, And they played a married couple. And it's very sweet. And it's really, it's kind of bittersweet because he died in 1981. Julie remembers from season one, The Old Man and the Runaway with Will Gear. She says it's the sweetest storyline ever. 
Um, someone mentioned the Rex Smith uh, episode. We talked about that earlier. Jeannie loved any time the ship went somewhere different, like the Alaska one. My sister-in-law Susie uh, told us that every time she makes tea, she thinks about the elderly couple who have been poor all their lives and are on the cruise because they're suddenly rich. But the wife can't change her ways and enjoy the lavish life. The husband tries to get her to relax, but one night at dinner, she orders a cup of hot water and pulls out a tea bag, and he can't handle it and decides he's going to divorce her after 50 years. Oh, <laughs> that's it. Yep, that was the tea it. bag. Yeah, oh and Susie says she, every time she makes tea, she thinks of that Love Boat episode. And by far the most popular answer we got was any episode with Charo. Coochie, Thanks, oh. you, and uh, thanks, you guys. Thanks uh, to all the society members for chiming in. We love it when we can crowdsource and you guys come through for us. So, thanks. Um, the boat itself is like another character, and because we see the ship at the beginning of the show, we see it when we come back from commercial breaks. Um, we know all the decks and the lounges by heart. We know this place intimately, right? And so, I would like to quiz you guys and see how well you know the love boat. Okay. Oh no. Where to go? Where you, where you go to do your various things? Are you game? Okay. I'm game. Doc's okay. office. So, I'm so I'm gross. <laughs> My answer is just going to always be Doc's office. There's seriously one episode where Julie is afraid that he's going to take advantage of one of the women in his exam room, and she goes and knocks on the door, and Doc opens it, and he's wearing a robe. And this is supposed to be comedy. Okay, I digress. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do with this game. I'm going to ask you where you would do a certain activity on the love boat. And okay. you have to supply the name of the place you would go to do said activity. So let's take turns like we did in Misheard Lyrics, okay? So I'll ask uh -huh. Carolyn first. Okay. okay. And then if Carolyn doesn't get it right, then Michelle can steal the point. Here we go. Okay. Question number one for Carolyn. Where would you go to take a stroll in the evening sea air? Hmm. I might do that on the promenade deck. Ding, 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 ding. Nice job. Okay, Michelle, it's your turn. Yeah. Where would you go for a swim? The pool. No, just kidding. <laughs> I would go to the Lido deck. Ding, 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 ding. Okay, we've started well. We've started strong. Carolyn, mm -hmm. where would you go for a nightcap served up by Isaac? Um, I'm going to say... Oh, um, it's, I don't know. I would say the bar, but I know there's a name. In the deck. It is the bar. I know. Michelle, do you want to steal? I think it's, I, I don't know if this is what it's called. I'm going to just go for it. I'm going to say it's like the Acapulco Lounge or something oh, like that. Ding, 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 ding. Yes, you did it. You did it. It's the Acapulco Lounge. Okay, so Michelle is ahead by one. Mm -hmm. um, so now it's Michelle's turn again. Oh. Where would you retire to your cabin on the upper deck? Retire to my cabin. So is it called, like, the deck is called something? I mean, I'm not mm -hmm. saying, like, A, A213. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. Nice try. Um, on, well, no. I, I don't know. The decks I know are, like, the Lido deck, the promenade deck. Um, and those aren't where cabins are. The um, I don't know. Carolyn, I'm going like to know when she says it. I'm going to know when she says it. Well, that would be if I said it. Um <sighs> I guess we don't. God, I'm just hard. trying to. I'm trying to channel Julie and Vicky. It saying, is. Hi, you're in, tell them. You're in. Yes. You're in on the whatever deck. You're in the. Um, yep. Oh. Oh no. I was just going to say Lido <laughs> deck again, but that's the pool. No. Um, um, that's the pool. Now you're on the same team because you're going to do this together. Okay. I'm going to give okay. you a hint. It starts with A. It's the. Mm -hmm, uh, Aloha. Is it? Uh, oh, is Aloha, it the Aloha deck. Yeah. Deck? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's it is. Ding 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 ding. It's the Aloha Carolyn. Yeah. So you each get half a point for that one. Okay, so now this goes to 
um, Carolyn, right? I think we should be. Carolyn and I would crush this if we were on the same team. Well, and these are really hard too. So I think you do have to work together. If we could work together. Okay. Okay. Um, Where would you retire to your cabin on the lower deck? (laughs) Dang it. First letter is F. All the listeners are screaming at you right now. Uh, fine. All going, fine. Fiesta, no, we can't hear Fiesta. you. We can't hear you. Yes, Fiesta Carolyn, deck. you got it. Fiesta deck. Yes, the Fiesta deck. You're killing okay. this one, Carolyn. Mm-hmm. All right. We have just two more. Okay. Where might you have a word with the captain? On the bridge. Yes. Good job. On the bridge. Nicely oh. done. Nicely done. Yay. Here's our last question. Okay. Where would you dine? With the captain, it's kind oh, of a that's easy. Question. Yeah. Well, you mean the captain's table, or do you want the the, the dining room Ding. answer? Oh, it is. Oh. It's the captain's table. Yeah, it's the captain's table. But the captain's table always guys. cracked me up because it was like that dining room. I've never been on a cruise, nor do I ever have a desire yeah, to go you. on a cruise. Nor I am not. Uh, yeah. Fun fact, listeners: uh, the three of us are definitely not cruise people. We never want to go on a cruise. Nope. Has a lot to do with germs and people, <laughs> but. They look really cool if you liked that sort of thing. I have no problem with cruisers. I love what was very glamorous. Well, well, no, but what I'm saying is when you look, go on, you guys, I'm kind of obsessed on TikTok, these people that work on cruise ships that are like, you know, in their 20s and they do, t- they have whole TikToks. You guys, there's like shopping malls on cruise now. It's insane. But the dining rooms and stuff are enormous. Like the pools, I mean, it's crazy. And then when you see the little dining room um, on the love boat and the captain's table seats like six. <laughs> it is, it's like six people. Yeah, with some kitchen pool, table chairs. Any of those things. Are like, mm-hmm. Oh, the pool is yeah. so funny. How they're yeah. um, it's so tiny, and yes, they're all standing in waist deep water, splashing like a beach ball back and forth. And there's usually like six people in the pool. There's no doubt that Love American Style, <laughs> I mean Love Boat, was a significant part of our '70s Saturday night. For young and old alike, for my grandma who loved Parker Stevenson, and for me who loved Rex Smith and Scott Bayo and Stephen Shortridge and all the others. And that is a rare and beautiful thing, to entertain a granddaughter and her grandma at the same time. No matter how high the cheese factor is, that is all part of the fun. And we miss you, Love Boat. If you want to hear more of our conversation about the Love Boat, head over to Patreon.com, where our supporters get to hear what we say after the podcast. Thank you all so much for listening and for sharing our podcast with others, for clicking the stars and leaving a review where you listen. Honestly, those things, the sharing, the clicking the stars, the leaving a review, which only really takes you just a few minutes, um, those are really the very best ways you can help um, support us and help make sure this podcast keeps getting heard. Um, we'd also like to give a special Thank you to our supporters over on Patreon who quite literally help this society keep on trucking. And this week we're giving a shout out to patrons, Tracy, Stella, Jennifer, Anor, and Erica. Thank you all so much. Thank you to all of the patrons who have jumped on board with us this first month. Um, we hope you're enjoying the content you're getting over there, all the fun little extras and, um, we just really thank you all so much. And if any of you would like to check it out, just go to patreon.com and put Pop Culture Preservation Society right up in the search bar. In the meantime, let's raise our glasses for a toast, courtesy of our friends Chrissy Snow, Janet Wood, and Jack Tripper, who fell over the side of a cruise ship on the love boat. <laughs> Two good times. Two happy days. Two little house on the prairie. Cheers. 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 
The information, opinions, and comments expressed on the Pop Culture Preservation Society podcast belong solely to Carolyn the Crushologist and Hello Newman and are in no way representative of our employers or affiliates. And though we truly believe we are always right, there is always a first time. The PCPS is written, produced, and recorded in Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of the fictional WJM Studios and our beloved Mary Richards. Nanu Nanu, keep on trucking, and may the force be with you. Singing a song.